Cosmere can be a confusing place. From Allomancy to Surge Binding, there's a lot to look out for. We're your hosts and escorts to the realms. I'm Griff. And I'm Alex. And, and this, this is, is the Silverlight Silver Guide to the Cosmere. So, we're back. We are back. With a review of The Lost Metal. And I suppose... Wait, did we already do a, a recap of the con? Yeah. Okay. So yeah, this is just the lost metal. Yep. This should just be the lost metal. Yeah. The fourth in the Era Two trilogy. Yeah. Uh, with <laughs> with his explanation that kind of the second and third are paired off, and the first right. and the fourth are paired off. And there is a lot that we see in, yeah. in the fourth being paired off with the first and going back to things that were set up in that. Yeah. Um, what, uh, on a scale of one to ten, one being just, you, had, you, yeah. you had to put it down after two right. pages. It was absolutely <laughs> horrible. You would not ever recommend buying this book. Right. Uh, to a ten, being, Which is, this is the most immaculate book you've ever read. Every word is perfectly placed. I would put it at a 7.5 to an 8. Okay. Um, there were some story choices that were... A little eh. Mm-hmm. Um, though not terrible by any means. Uh, I did, however, like some of the... I won't call it fan service per se. But the fact that we got gloves off with the crossover... Yeah, I wouldn't say um, I wouldn't say that's fan service. No, but it, but it is really the first foray into having a bunch of Cosmere stuff together. Yes, uh, I would give it a six out of ten. Okay, um, if I'm being conservative, there were parts of it that I really liked. Right, don't remember what those are. <laughs> um, it has been a month and a few days since uh, since we listened to it. I think there were a few things that I felt were hinted at that were not dealt with, and I was a little disappointed about that. Oh, really? Um, I would have liked to see Ep Metal finally burned. Yeah, that would have been that would have been good. Yeah, and I'm I'm so, like I I know that like there's the whole thing of it combusting in contact with water and all of that. I get that. But I still feel like some form or fashion Sanderson could have come up with a, a workaround. Like, honestly to me, gold burning spike, gold fair chemical spike, give yourself that infinite healing, and then burn at metal. Good. Um, I will say the way that he did use Ep Metal was a really solid plot. Oh yeah, no, I, I definitely am not disappointed with the way it was used in the book. I would have just liked to see it burned. And and maybe maybe he's saving that for a future Yeah. Um for Era 3, because Harmony hasn't gone anywhere. Yeah. So let's do let's do a sort of Spoilerish free section. Okay. Yeah. Um, and then follow it up with very so guess, specifics. Yeah. Um, so we already gave our ratings. Right. Um, the ending surprised me. That's not spoiler free. 
I know. I'm not talking about <laughs> okay. specifics. I'm just going to say, in general, the ending surprised me. Huh. We'll have to talk more uh, about. Uh, yeah, we'll talk that in the, in the spoiler-free section. I was just there were. Anyway, I, I won't go into the specifics. I really liked the first half of the book a lot. Fair. Um, I thought the pacing was good. Yes. The plot points were good. Um, the introduction of new characters and important Cosmere connections was really well done. Um, with it, it had that drive of, oh, I think I know who this person is. Right. And then quite a bit later, confirmed. I which... will also say that I liked Marisi's involvement a lot. Yeah. I liked her chapters. I liked her part of the story. Mm-hmm. I thought it was... I. I liked seeing her became a become a main character in her own right. Like yeah. because she's always been paired with somebody else in the previous books or right. part of the group. And I liked seeing her kind of doing her own thing. Yeah, I agree with that. Um I really liked Wayne's character yes. um growth. I this is maybe a tiny bit of a tangent. This is the first time Sanderson has used what I'm going to say is crude humor. Um, right. Like explicitly crude humor. Right. And I was not necessarily a fan of that. That's fair. Um, I thought, I'm, I, I think I counted like four-ish times where he referenced um, calling somebody a dick uh, or, or right. saying, saying they were a bag of dicks. Right. Um, or talking about... Um, intercourse or something like that and I thought it it cheapened it a bit like they are well okay to be fair and and throwing out my own point of view yeah I will say that while I am not usually a fan of the oh well it's what my character would do I would say in the course of Wayne and the fact that Wayne kind of grew up in the roughs and it was all all of those did deal with Wayne said right yeah so I feel like it is actually a legitimate good point of it is what Wayne would do growing up in the roughs, growing up in effectively the, the, um, what's the term I'm looking for? It's like analogy, but that's not the word I'm looking for. The stand in for the wild west. Sure. In, in the yeah. Cosmere or in, in Scadrilla. Uh, Analog, thank you. That is the word I was looking for, yes. Um, yeah, I can see that. That's a that's then, a valid... Then I, I think that it does kind of explain where that comes from. I'm not, yeah. I'm not saying you have to like it anymore. I'm sure. just saying that I think I think it was a valid portrayal of Wayne's character. Yeah, it would have maybe felt... I didn't feel that way in the first three of the lot. Well, and the... I think he did hold himself back. And I will say that that might be the one part where I agree with you, which is if that was going to be part of Wayne's character, it should have been there from the beginning. I would, I would have in a heartbeat, I would have substituted out most of that crude humor with the funny word mishaps that were so prevalent in one through three. So that that's kind of like an underlying gripe that I have. It's like, Oh, now I don't feel as comfortable wholesale recommending this to everybody. As it really wasn't that egregious, and honestly, if you're listening to this podcast, you've heard us say things worse. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, no, that's true. But when I talk about it to my parents or 
or right. older people like. Okay, well, I'm sure they've seen movies that have had that, worse, and yeah. and you know that's that's the thing where. You know, I think Sanderson, as he moves forward, especially with the mixing of the Cosmere, I think we might actually get that a little bit more. Um, because I feel like, uh, well, also the fact of as Scadrail moves forward in time, yeah, we're going to see that kind of humor because become less taboo. Sure, that makes sense. Um, now, whether or not he'll include it in Era 3, I mean, I think that'll highly depend on the characters, the characters and things like that. Yeah. Um, I thought his inclusion of funny sexual references in the Stormlight Archive um, were more tasteful. And and it really does come down to the character. But yeah. that's really that's really all I have to say for that. It's like, I that's didn't, fair. I, some of those jokes really didn't land for me. Yeah, that's fair. Um, and while, they, while you make a really good argument that they were to the character's strengths or, or you know true to the character true to the character yeah yeah um, there's and and that's the thing the fact is you can have a person a, a character that's a perfectly valid character and true to themselves and still not be a character that is liked by somebody who You're wrote right. the book so right <laughs> moash and, yeah and... <laughs> <Wow>. <laughs> <laughs> anyway okay yeah you with the fucking con um... that was hilarious to me <laughs> That will always be hilarious. We're gonna get you a shirt for next time. Yeah, no, actually, um, nothing wrong. Yeah. Um, and then so, um, let's see. What else can we say about the book that's spoiler free? Uh, I will say, and this is kind of spoiler free, uh, for the most part. Um, I was a little surprised that nothing new was done with. The magic system with Alamancy and Farukami yeah. specifically. Yeah, with with Alamancy and Farukami specifically. You're right. Like I was kind of surprised that this was the ultimate book of of this era specifically, and nothing was done with that. No, what we did see though, um, I think I think we could probably move into spoiler. Yeah, let let's consider this now. I think we've talked about what we could spoiler free. Yeah, if if you know, and 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 the fact is, I mean, this podcast is, is kind of inherently spoiler, spoiler. everything yeah. except the secret projects coming out. Well, I'm yes. hoping to put this out next week. So so coming out soon, very soon, in just a few days. Yeah. Uh, when this podcast drops, and uh, we will be going in blind. Um, yep. That's right. So, so we will, and we'll review them, I guess, when we're done. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. Um, so, spoiler, uh, spoilers for the Lost Metal, um, and of course, all of the Cosmere. Right. Um, Jumping, going off of what you just said, nothing new with him with Furukami or Alamance, or I guess we should have said Hemology. Right. Um, we did see though that I got the sense at the end of Era One. That hemallergy required the specificity that only a god could use to pinpoint right. the, the the spikes. Right. Um, but at the end of the lost metal, Sanderson specifically set it up so that Wax has spent so much time looking at the hemallergy charts right. that he can insert the spike 
where it needs, where it to, needs go. to be. Yeah, and I will agree that I think that was interesting. Um, and there are some questions I have when we start talking about the end that I'll I'll be interested to delve into a little bit. But um, yeah, I will say that was that. I mean, I think one of the things that that end of era one setup <clears throat> is that trying to elicit a specific result with hemolurgy that is not just the transference of powers does require that specificity. Right. The creation of the Colos, the creation of the Inquis uh yeah, the Steel Inqui Inquisition. Inquisitors. Uh, yeah. yeah, the Inquisitors Steel Inquisitors. That definitely requires well, either somebody who has absolutely zero morals about fucking around with right. people or the specificity of a god. Yeah. Uh, so, so that was, I think, a, a useful thing to change. Um, just that sense of, oh, well, actually, let's say you were a light weaver, and you took the, and you had a had a drawing of the hemorrhagic spots, right? And then you used your light weaving to pinpoint those spots on the human body. Well, now you don't even need to have studied it. You just. Yeah. Now, and well, and one of the things that he has said, I think, either explicitly or implicitly, one of the two, is that hemolurgy is going to be something that is going to affect the Cosmere as a whole. Yeah. Uh, now, I will say on that front, and this is a bit of a tangent, but still, the mixing of magic systems is something that's making the Cosmere a little bit messy. I agree with that. Um, and I'm not wholly a fan of it. I'm not wholly against it. But. It's it's making it messy in my mind, and I'm not necessarily a huge fan of that. So specifically, are we talking about at, at around the half point in this book, we get introduced to characters with abilities we have and haven't seen before that's not actually what i'm talking okay about. what i'm talking about more is the fact of somebody like hoyd yeah where we see hoyd with not just light weaving okay. because of the fact right. that he he bonded with uh design design but also bonded a literal monster. yeah also allomancy and ferrukami because we know that he did the the ferrico the yeah the lorassium the ferrochemical destiny is probably how he's appearing where he needs to be, even though he's not exactly sure where he's supposed to be. And the fact is, is that on a lesser extent, with crossovers in the Cosmere becoming more common, but also not locking magic systems into denizens of that planet, mm -hmm. I feel like we could very much reach a point where people with a multitude of abilities become almost commonplace and I'm not necessarily a huge fan of that. I think there's a natural check on it and that is the need for very specific there's a there's very specific ways to get those abilities. Right. And I and I'm not gonna say we're necessarily gonna see somebody like Hoyd with all of right. all of the because like, yeah, there is no Lorassium left. Barring 
There is. I, I, yeah, Riff is, but... Riff is lying to you. <laughs> and Barring so, a very specific exception. And Harmony is lying to Kelsier. <laughs> Sorry, Discord is lying to Kelsier. <laughs> um, but with Hemalurgy coming into the mix, and with us having the Ghost Bloods, who are World Walkers. Yeah, World, world Hoppers. World Hoppers. Uh, there is no question about the fact is, is that now Ferukami and or Allomancy is available to pretty much anyone that's willing to stab themselves with, with a spike. Right. And I understand that you need, you know, there there's the whole thing about needing, you know, identity free, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. I get that. But that even being said... I'm not exactly a huge fan of the idea of a Rosharan knight just sticking himself with a spike and then being able to push metal. I want to, I yeah, no, your concerns are are valid, right? Uh, and it and it definitely has the potential to get messy. And I understand that Sanderson narratively will probably not do that very often. Very often, if at all, like yeah, very yeah. often. But the fact that it is a potential still causes that messiness in my mind, which is, yes, Sanderson may not, but it could still be done. Yeah, yeah. Um, and not break canon. Like, right. like, that's one of the bigger things, is that you can do anything with fanfiction you want. True. But a lot of it would break canon. Like, I mean, there's been Doctor Who, Harry Potter crossovers, and I'm like, I'm sorry, that breaks canon six ways from Sunday for both series. Okay, <laughs> that's fine. Like, yeah. I, I mean, as an example, but if, but okay, let's even take the the super hulock. Like, that was huge. And, and God, am I showing my age and my Tumblrness? Okay, so there was a huge thing. There was a huge conglomerate fandom a few years Sherlock, ago. Sherlock, Doctor Who, and Superman. No. Oh, oh, oh! Supernatural. Yes, there you go. Um. And they would have crossover gift sets and things like that, where it implied that the characters were interacting and things like that. Gif, gif, sets. Yes. Gifts, gifts. Gif, gif, G-I-F, sets. Sounds like somebody is making merch for this. No, 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 no. Gif, and it's popular. Yeah, no, no, no. But, like, sets of gifts. Yeah set up in in orders yeah. that kind of implies that the characters are interacting even though it doesn't and the fact is while i'm not gonna yuck on anyone's yum if if that's your thing then whatever but that always was messy to me because the supernatural the doctor who and the sherlock canons don't match up they just don't like okay. especially supernatural and doctor who like I get that there's infinite planets with infinite creatures, et cetera, et cetera, in Doctor Who, but that's very explicitly different than having canonical angels and demons. Yep. Yeah, that, I guess so. And so, anyway, to go back to my original point, in, in fan fiction, you can do whatever you want, and you can mix fandoms that don't necessarily have matching canons. Yeah. But with this, you could have a Roshara Knight that is also a twinborn by way of uh, hemallergic spikes and not break canon. 
So you're saying Sanderson should not write his own fan fiction of his... I am, <laughs> I am saying that there is now no longer, be, especially because hemallergic spikes are not specifically uh, restricted to just ferrochemy or allomancy. We know the ni- the nicrosyl spike can carry investiture as a whole, like right. blanket. So therefore, you can now transfer any investiture ability to someone else via hemallergic spikes so long as you set up the scenario correctly. And so now there is literally no divide between who has what powers. With some checks, like Spren can't leave the Rosharan system. Right. right, but even that, they're still working on. Right, that's true. Like, and I'm sure that Hoyt is not going to, like, I'm sure that, considering that Hoyt appears in, um, Lost Mal? Lost Mal, no, yes, well, the, the, the era two, era, era two yeah. specifically, or in general. The fact that we have seen use of what are they called? The Aeons? Yeah. Yeah, the Aeons, which are Spren esque. Yeah. Uh, and clearly they've moved off world because we get the Aeons in use on Roshar. Right. Uh, not to mention Scadriel, for that right. matter. Um and considering that we do see Hoyd in, and we see Hoyd with glowing eyes in, which still bothers me because I'm still confused as to where that, because that was in era one. And I'm still not sure what the fuck that was about. Why did Hoyd have glowing eyes in era one? In the secret history. Yes. And apparently healed. Like, all of it points to Stormlight being in use. Like, clearly it's something else. Clearly it's it's something else. But (laughs) the fact that it's so close, and the fact that we've now seen, what's it, bottled, uh, not Aeon. The the Aeon door. Yeah, the Aeon Aeon door. door. Yeah, the door being bottled. Yeah. Like... Sanderson is very explicitly opening up the Cosmere to everyone. Yes. Which I get is a move towards the conclusion of what he's doing with the Cosmere. Right. And I'm sure it all has important... So we hope. Yeah, applications and things like that. But I will say that it... and 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 it matches Earth in very much this way, which is the fact of, yeah, Earth is messy. Yeah. Like, we don't, our cultures collide and mix and mash and trying to say, oh, this is traditionally Japanese. Okay, well, which Japanese tradition, how far back are you going? Like, yeah, you know. Sure. So, so I get that. But at the same time, it still does make it very messy in my head, which is, 
you can have a Rosharan knight that draws on the door and has hemallergic spikes and wrecks shop with every other character because of how much investiture they've decided to apply to themselves or whatever. Like, as I said, I'm not saying Sanderson himself will do that. Right. But it is canonically possible. And I don't know. I, I, I'm not a huge fan, I guess. Yeah. That's, I mean, that's a, that's a valid concern and a val- I think a valid line of reasoning. Um, interesting to see where it goes. Yeah. Uh, and pl- I'll say that I like theoretically the mixing of investitures. Sure. But theoretically. Right. Like, I, I yeah. like the theoretical thought process of following it, but seeing it actually applied to a character, I'm not sure why there's a line in my head for that. But there is. Interesting. Uh, Bringing it back to the Lost Metal, but still kind of... No, no, you're good. Uh, Still kind of keeping it connected. Um, Did you you notice the one line? um, So Sanderson has said that since it comes after Stormlight 5. Right. um, He wouldn't... He obviously needs to keep spoilers out of the Lost Metal. Right. Um, but there was one line that mentioned Roshar. Right, yes. And it was uh, code names, I think, saying yeah. uh, Roshar is um, too hostile right now. Yes. Or too inhospitable in some degree. So I'm curious what that means. Obviously, that could mean literally anything. Yes. Now, I will say we were both wrong about on the red eyed creature. Okay. It was not a Chondra. It wasn't? No? You sure? Pretty sure. What was it? I thought it was one of those soldier dudes. Yeah, because like we don't see any other Chondra under under. Yeah, you're right. Autonomy's control, huh? Guess so I didn't even think about that. I I felt like we we were both wrong because it clearly wasn't the singers because it was autonomy, right? Right. But it I. Which was the main spoiler that actually Sanderson got to really quick. Yeah, yeah. Thank God. It was autonomy. autonomy. I will say, still, I still, like, I get that there's an explanation about it on why it's autonomy and why autonomy is acting the way autonomy does. I still feel thematically it bothers me that it was autonomy. And I don't. uh, Yeah, which is fine. Which is fine. I just feel like, anyway. Regardless. So, um, so I mean, it really, to me, it's exciting because autonomy is a threat to everywhere. Okay, here's my issue with autonomy being presented the way they were. Okay. Is that autonomy was being, was, was being, um, oh, what's the word? Made the same as. Homologous? Sort of, that'll work. Being made, hem- hem- uh, that's not how that word is pronounced. Homologous? Is that how it's pronounced? I think you can do homologous or homologous. Okay, regardless, anyway. Um, with individuality. And I don't actually agree with Sanderson's representation of it like that. You're saying autonomy... Sanderson was equating autonomy to individuality? Yes. Even though it was this mass-produced individuality, I still don't like the idea that autonomy and the presentation of autonomy is 
being equated with individuality. That's the. I'll say in my head, those two words are very, very close to each other in the fourth dimensional realm where words exist. Right, but but there is a fine line between them because autonomy effectively means having control over your own actions. Right. But that does not mean that your actions cannot equate to somebody else's actions as well. It just means that you are under control of your own. No one can choose that for you. You are, it is agency. Right. Autonomy is agency. Agency, however, is not individuality. Agency is just the control. But if you choose to follow other people, you are still being autonomous. You still have agency, even if you choose to follow, say, a crowd or a trend. Where individuality is, I am my own person. I am going to express myself in an individual fashion. I am going to set myself apart from other people. And while you do have to have autonomy to be individualistic, being autonomous does not automatically make you individualistic. I don't have anything to argue against that reasoning. Um, I would like to supply, in, in the terms of the Cosmere, I'd like to supply some things that may help soothe that concern or that that way you feel. Right. Um, the first is that um, I believe they mentioned that autonomy was acting weirdly. Right. So so there's that. Right. right. Which is a blanket statement, which yes. is kind of like, oh, whatever you think this is. Um, Sanderson is also a fan of, um, I'll say, the unreliable narrator, uh, right? Where a character believes something that is false, but tells it like it's true. Right. Well, and I will also say the pitted and rusted uh, representation of Autonomy's metal yeah. um, definitely speaks to something corrupting Autonomy. For sure. Uh, that is that is messing with the way Autonomy... Which, to bring it around to an, <laughs> an interesting crossover, it is almost very much like... Uh, the Dresden Files with um, Nemesis. Yeah. Where Nemesis fucks with the natural function of, of supernatural creatures. Right. It allows Faye to lie and so on and so forth. And I see it being very much like that. And I get that. Sure. I'd like and, to, with, with the unreliable narrator, Odium calls himself Passion. The god right, of Passion. Right. And he's really the god of self-hate. That's yes. what Odium means. Right. right. So, yes. In the in a similar vein, but a third thing is that given that there are sixteen um, of the shards, right? I feel like a lot can go under each umbrella. Let me just say this: if autonomy had been named individualism, I feel like it would have matched much better with the theme of the book, and I think I would have guessed individualism as a potential enemy. If it if that had been the name the shard was presented under, hmm. autonomy sounds cooler though. I agree, but it is also misleading, in my opinion. In your opinion, 
yeah. in my opinion, I feel it is misleading. Like if if it had been if if he if Sanderson had introduced a shard and said this shard is called individualism or individuality or whatever, uh and we had seen the acts up to now with Skadriel. Right. I probably would not have been so vehemently against the idea that that was the shard that was attacking Skadriel. Because the fact that autonomy, especially, and it really, it really bugs that line at the very end of, um, Bands of Mourning was one of the things that really bugged me. Because whatever creature that was, I I think it was one of the warriors, in my opinion, sure. said, you know, oh, we can't control Skadriel anymore, so we have to destroy it. Yeah. And that would match individualism a lot more, in my opinion, than it does autonomy. And I agree, autonomy is corrupted in some form or fashion, which yeah. I'm curious to see what's causing that, because... I'm interested if there is an outside force or, that is instigating like like even with Odium, I wonder if there is an outside force of some sort out like outside the Cosmere that is orchestrating things within the Cosmere to bring about a different possibly I I I bet right now I bet that any any mal Decence, any any malaction, any whatever right. uh, that we see from the shards, uh, comes from the mixture of the shard and the vessel. Right, but clearly something more is going on with autonomy because again, the pitted, rusted look of the metal. I mean, maybe that's the way autonomy's metal is supposed to look, but I bet money. Be. I bet money, it's not. It could be that the slice of power, this liver of power that right. was then sent as Trell, was that part of autonomy that could be construed as individualism, sort of? You see what I'm Maybe, saying? Maybe, like, yeah. If we really want to get that fine cut. Well, of... and I suppose I will say that Trell is, in particular, a part of autonomy that does have autonomy. Right. And therefore is able to act on its own. Yeah. Which means that it doesn't necessarily have to be as in line with autonomy as autonomy themselves are. True. So True. But that whole it is it is a it is a interesting plot point that autonomy is can be viewed as an antagonist to, to the Cosmere. Yes. Based on their goals right um that is that is interesting because it it leads to all these questions right and i will not deny that having autonomy as an antagonist is a bad choice right. that's not what i'm arguing with yeah. at all i was saying that the clues laid out up until this point in my opinion did not point to autonomy as i understand the definition of the term i think um having a white sands uh making sure um having a white sands novel or having that on news i guess we could have read it some other you have read it 
Um, yeah, I have I have read the series that we have thus far. Yeah, having or listen anyway, or maybe having story. something like a short story. Two parts to this. If we had something that showed autonomy more as an antagonist somewhere else. It may have. And I, th- I yeah, I I feel like had we had a novel that had already portrayed autonomy as an antagonist, because if you look at White Sands and yeah. the way the world works and the themes of the story in and of itself, in fact, which I can't because I haven't. Right, I know you have not, but I will tell you right now that with the way the story is set up, it is actually very much in line with the idea of autonomy. Okay, of taking control of your actions of people. Of, of this this interplay of restriction and autonomy and choice and what happens when some people are free to make their choices or how they get around the restrictions applied to them by the society that White Sands takes place in. Sure. Um, and clearly Scadrial, I don't think, has to play into that thematic narrative because Scadrial is not an autonomy ruled place. It is uh, preservation and and ruin. Um, So so I am not saying that, but I am saying that I feel like White Sands does embody autonomy uh, in in its narrative choices much better than the clues laid out in Scadrial I felt pointed to autonomy. Is there, if we look at the Sixth of Dusk, right, and we assume that Pachi is another avatar of autonomy, which is the general belief, right? That is why they believed, because it is by itself. It and and, and right, other and things. there is there is a single right. Uh, the whole... There is a single perpendicularity on yeah. Sixth of Dusk. Right. Right, um, yes. And it may be one of the planets that has the whole pantheon that is just autonomy. Right. Um, if we take into account the Sixth of Dusk, even though it's set thousands of years after Mistborn Era 2, right. if we take that into account and the idea of um, it seems like everything on the island that the Sixth of Dusk is on is, is just driving you to be the most... Um, it's survival of the sur- fittest survival taken of- to the extreme. Right. Yes. Can we apply that and then view Mistborn Era 2 as... Does that help smooth that that connection? Not necessarily. And here's the reason why. Well, okay, there's a couple of things on that front. Firstly, um, I will say that the Six of Dusk thing brings up an interesting question, which is, while there is a single perpendicularity, I am curious whether or not autonomy intentionally set up the bird investiture system situation or whether that was a right. natural occurrence i want to say it's a natural occurrence i want to say it's a natural so occurrence as well creatures have can see into to shades more or whatever it is. yeah um but i will say that well okay so there's there's a couple of uh there there's a couple of issues there which is the island being set up to be, or the, the fact that Sixth of Dusk, at least the, the slice of it that we see, being that survival of the fit is taken to the extreme. 
doesn't necessarily derive from autonomy. Because if we're going to say the investiture was naturally forming, right, and therefore the bird blocking thought anything sense. with the AVRs. Yeah, yeah, anything with the AVRs. The world might have been designed that way before autonomy came around. Designed or just or just evolved. or evolved right. that way. What right. all I'm saying is that the way that world works could have very easily come around without autonomy's influence. Influence whatsoever. Sure. And so therefore Pachi being there is just potentially coincidental and yeah. potentially maybe Pachi was already an antagonist that heroes of that world defeated. True. Uh, which is why we don't necessarily see Pachi. I, I mean, clearly Six of Dusk is, is a short story that is yeah. dealing with a very specific storyline. But the fact that it does take place thousands of years, potentially, after even Era 2. Yeah. Like, like it, there's a very good chance that it takes place at least hundreds, if not thousands of years after Era 3. Um, still, yeah, still would be thousands. Yeah. Um, then I'd hazard a guess to say that Pachi probably isn't even there anymore. Yeah, I would, I mean... And just the worship of Pachi, you know, became part of the natural mythology of yeah, the planet. I think, I mean, we could just draw endless hypotheticals. Right. Um, it could be that Pachi came to the planet and because there was a shard, or a sliver of a shard, allowed investiture to evolve that way. Right, right, which, yeah, which yeah. is an option. All not I'm that saying it was designed, is that, but... let me put it this way, I will say the Six of Dusk, we do not have enough context for me to feel like that eases the issues that I have with autonomy versus individuality. Sure. Um, now, I'm not going to argue with Sanderson. He's writing a good story, autonomy has pre been presented in a certain way, and I am okay with that being the way that he decides to present autonomy. Yeah. However, I will say without that context, I feel like I was not necessarily off base to feel like the shard attacking Skadriel was a different shard than autonomy. Okay. So. Um, yeah. And then, so maybe let's wrap it back to other parts of the story. Right. Um, I did like the inclusion of the ghost bloods. Yep. That was a solid decision. Yes. Um, I would have liked to see what the gold and red warriors could do. I would have liked to see that as well. Yeah. The fact that that was kind of kabootsed from the beginning. Yeah. Uh, was kabootsed? Isn't the word right? Kaboshed? Anyway, regardless, the fact that it was negated before it even came to be. Yeah, uh, which was obviously, you know, J.J. Abrams' poetry at rhymes. Or it's right. like poetry at rhymes with The Force Awakens and A New Hope. Um, obviously, that was Sanderson's, I mean, I don't know if it was Sanderson's intention, but that's ultimately what he chose to do. Right. Was have it be like the climax of the third uh, era one book. Right. Um It felt, I keep using the word cheap, 
Let me say this. I would have liked to see a few of the warriors come over. Right. And then they close the portal. Right. And they still have to deal with a limited amount of golden warriors. Right. And and have that be kind of the climactic. Right. Or or have to fight or have to fight few a through, through fight through a few of them to get to the point where they can close the portal. Yeah. That would have been Either way, I would have been okay with that because I would have, like you said, I would have liked to see what they could do. I would have also liked, and I think maybe, maybe that's something that was kind of missing in this book a little bit, which was something we see in Era 1 a lot because of the story that it is. And less so in Era 2, again, because of the kind of story it is, but I also think that it started off a little bit higher in the beginning of Era 2 and grew substantially less was the battle application of allomantic and ferrochemical arts. Okay. Because obviously in Era 1 we see it a lot. Mostly because we're dealing with full-blown Mistborns, for one. Um, but also because I think of the story that it tells, which is, you know, sort of a medieval era fantasy novel. We do see a lot of battle application of right. allomancy and, well, mostly just allomancy, to be honest. We see we see a little bit of Farrakhan with Saza, Seiza and things yeah. like that, but for the most part, it's just allomancy. Um, and then we get to Era 2. And and I get that the point of Era 2 was, like, we're moving away from the Wild West era into a more... The Industrial Revolution. Right, more Industrial Revolution. So so I understand that the waning of battle applications was intentional. But I feel like it would have been a nice throwback to the first book to have some of these Golden Warriors come through and see these Allomancers applying their gifts combat wise it and and if we if we take it from that perspective but then we look at the characters that were actually there draining the resources they weren't warriors of any kind no they were people that didn't train combat wise right maybe sanderson did start writing it out and thought that these people would get slaughtered by the Golden Warriors, and then Marisi would be left alone and had to... And see, that's that's where I kind of disagree, because I feel like it could have been a nice sort of throwback to this idea of, yes, they aren't, they aren't combat trained. I agree. Right. But I think that there is something to be said for the kind of scrappy idea of a bunch of people ill-suited to a task rising to the occasion and pulling it off anyway. And I think with the if we had just had two maybe golden warriors come through. Yeah. I feel like we could have seen that kind of story, which is yes, they're not combat trained in their arts, but through potentially other applications, kind of home aloneing it in a way, but also with Alamancy. I really, I really want to say most of them weren't, I mean, most of them were the emotional. And there is no reason that couldn't have affected the Golden War. Well, sure, sure. But then you'd have that plus somebody wielding a broken pipe on the ground to try to beat the warrior. Like, 
Sure, actually, just have one come through. Yeah. And have that be, like, the big climactic battle of that group, which is, yeah, you have all of these very poorly trained Alamancers against one very impressive soldier, I'm assuming, of some sort. But what if it was wearing titanic bronze and couldn't be pierced by anything except the Spear of Destiny? Like, just kidding. Gold, gold warriors with red eyes. Yeah, like, yeah, no, I, I get it. Yeah, um, yeah. There, I mean, that anywhere. This book could have gone any which way. Yeah, it could have. And and I'm not saying again that this is even like like we're we're griping a lot uh, on little things. Which, yeah. but I will also say that like before Sanderson got rid of blatant use of allomantic arts for combat. I would have liked to see more of a throwback to it in this book. We did get really lengthy battles with Wax and Wayne. Yeah, we did. Which is, yeah, which is fair. Um, I thought the third time, I thought those two should have been beaten the second time they showed up. Um, Yeah. I, so, so I gave it a six out of 10. Right. And, and I want to explain kind of bigger picture why, uh, Again, the first half of the book felt real solid. Right. And then the last half of the book felt like shifting sand under my feet. Um, Yeah, I get that. Where it went from idea to idea to idea to idea. I will say that I... I, One of the things that I had that was... I, I will agree with you that was a little bit of an issue on the second book was that Wax kept came coming to the wrong conclusion based on the evidence. And that was a little aggravating. Yeah. Because, like you said, it kind of felt like shifting sand, because we just kept... Like, especially with the investigation of Wax into what the set was planning and how they planned to pull it off. Right. I would have liked to see... With the intelligent conclusions that Wax has come to so far, even ones you might say hedge on the leap of logic side of things. Hedge, as I said, not necessarily blatantly there, but but kind of skirt along it. The fact that he just kept coming to the most basic conclusion with the evidence provided... Was a little yeah annoying, and we and and we know that Sanderson writes not writes but comes up with the ending and then writes backwards. Not right. that he writes backwards, but he writes the outline backwards. Why don't I have a jelly bean? Oh sure, or whatever those are. Yeah, they're jelly bean. Okay. Um. It, so, and maybe maybe it felt. A little more obvious in this book uh to me that it was like when something popped up it wasn't sometimes in other books of sanderson and definitely by other authors they just tell you something that isn't necessary to the plot right and it felt in this that almost 
everything was necessary to the plot, especially in the second half. And so it was like, it, I don't, I don't know how to explain it. Was it, was it that I could see things coming or there was too much to hang on to? Here's what it was actually. Is that I think. Things were a little bit too coincidental. Yeah. Like the fact of autonomy opening the portal in, I mean, not in the, well, no, in the Alamantic village. Yeah. That they had set up and having the Alamancer specifically there to drain the resources and prevent the portal from opening. And like like there is there is always going to be narrative coincidence when you are telling a story that's right there, there, there's just no way around it there always is the the hero will get there in time they will discover what they right. need to discover to prevent the the bad guy from you know achieving the ultimate ends of their plot so on and so forth it, right. that's fine I will say the fact that we were like, oh, we discovered what happened with all those kidnapped Alamancers from the first book that was never addressed and never brought up in in Shadows of Self or Bands of Mourning. Right. And just as we do that, it is the time that autonomy is appearing and summoning the Golden Warriors. Like... I would have liked to see the Alamancers discovered. I would have liked to see the Alamancers discovered last book, actually. Okay. And have Marisy keeping in contact with them through, like, kind of a support network thing. And then one of them mentioning, oh, yeah, there was this weird thing by the mayor's house. Because the pool was by the mayor's house, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I was wanting to make sure I was remembering that correctly. Or having something about that come up and Marisy make the connection of oh shit. Like, maybe it's abandoned now, but this is where Autonomy is choosing to stage their invasion. Yeah. And I feel like it would have been a little it would have felt a little less contrived. That's fair. Yeah, it did feel a little contrived. Um, but what did we like about the book? So, I liked Wayne's development. Wayne's character... I will say I did yeah. not expect the ending, but that does not mean I didn't like it. Didn't expect the ending... With the... Him needing to burn his bend alloy to... Sur- to well, him, okay, so him not only being the one chosen to um, save everyone. Yeah. Uh, secondly, the way he did it insofar as not only, you know, burning his bend alloy, but burning it with um, the aluminum alloy. Duralumin. Duralumin. And basically creating almost more of a 
you know, moving so fast that he was almost outside of time. Like, time was frozen to him. I... Wayne, Wayne was the... Aside from those crude jokes that I didn't really like, right. Wayne's character and the plot revolving around Wayne, with the his background, right. with, the, with the money and the investments, brilliant. Yes. Loved it. Yes. That was great. Um, I do believe... We haven't put this episode out yet, um, because, anyways. And then, when we talked about our predictions, I think one of the first things I said was that Wayne was going to die, and then I changed right. it to stairs or something. But um, definitely after reading the prologue for the book, you right? Just yeah, get this I sense. mean, like, yeah, it was. Well, I felt like Wayne would potentially die. I think I didn't expect him to die in the way that he did, doing what he did. Because well, and that to be fair, I think it was because I didn't expect the the uh, creation of a cosmic equivalent of a nuclear bomb. Oh, sure, that's true. Uh because that is like I, I get that that Scadrial is moving into the industrial revolution, but uh, we are nowhere near the time period in American history where the nuclear bomb will be created. So the fact that a cosmic equivalent or a Scadrial equivalent at the very least was, and was the big yeah. plot, you know, centric threat uh, was interesting. Yeah. It, yeah. I agree. Um, other things I liked uh, was the Moonlight character. Yes. Um, that was really cool. I know fans had been longing for Shy to come from the Emperor Soul. Yes, into the Cosmere, and the the in, I liked the inclusion of showing us how a an Aeon Door user could appear in another place. That was awesome. Yes, that I didn't necessarily love what happened right after it with her just oh she's using this power to disappear. That's not very useful yeah i will agree but um, but the the explanation of it by itself was really really cool yes really cool that was that was really neat i liked the fact of it's like okay so this is how brandon sanderson is tying aeon door users into the cosmere in general yeah i like that a lot yeah so that was really cool um i think we said you said earlier the inclusion of the ghost bloods and their part of the story generally overall very good um it was nice to see them in a positive light after so much of yes. stormlight i will negative. also say it was really nice to see kelsier taking on a more light-hearted approach yeah because in secret history even like a lot of it is very very serious yeah. and what we've seen of kelsier up until this point has been very serious grumpy face things um just because that was the memories that like um wax was was encountering and things sure but to see kelsier pop up in person and still be kelsier was kind of refreshing that's true um i think earlier you mentioned hoyd's um fortune 
um, thing where he just shows up. And he said this, I think, in Stormlight. He shows up where he's needed, right? Right. And, and, and he kept showing up to chauffeur Wax around. Yes. It was hilarious. Yeah, it was. That was really and, well done. And I will say that, you know, that is one of the things that I like about... Um, word is it a person a place or a thing drawing a blank um is it a book let me let me take a step back and say that the fact that well the fact yeah and and the fact that you know um hoyd was there to show for wax around so much and clearly his destiny was leading him into that. If yeah. if we support the idea that ferrochemical yeah. destiny is the way that that is working. Right. Um, I do find it kind of hilarious. Also, to go back to something I was saying before that I never actually got to finish my thought on. Oh, sure. The fact that Hoyt is on Skadriel so much after Stormlight Era 1. And the fact that we do have access to the Aeons. Makes me think that Hoyt did find a way to pull um, design. No, well, yes, but uh, what are those creatures called? The cryptic, the spren, spren off world is possible because I feel like I don't feel like he would leave design behind. I do, I do, do think do? he would. I think. I think it is a coin toss right now. It's a coin toss whether he has her or not. Um, I will say that we didn't get to see most of Hoyd being Hoyd usually because Hoyd is typically there to be a storyteller. Right. And we do not see him in that capacity in Lost Metal. No. Actually, in, in Mistborn Era 2 at all, I don't think we really see him in that scenario. No. He's a... Uh... We do get an allusion to it in uh, one of the newspaper clippings. Which one was that? Uh, the um, in Bands of Morning, there is a newspaper clipping that is an adventure of a woman chasing a person called the Haunted Man. Right. And the haunted man drops off of the gondola into empty air. Right. And she goes down to try and find his body. And she doesn't, but she sees a man called Hoyd who offers to tell her a story. Oh, okay. And she declines. That's uh, which makes me wonder whether or not she is integral to the functioning of all of the storylines going on. Oh. And and Hoyd being there because of his destiny and things like that. Yeah. And offering to tell her a story being part of that. I'm not saying it is. I'm not saying it isn't. I don't know how yeah. specific those things get. But yeah. uh I would I would say we didn't see Hoyd explicitly use anything light weaving specific. Yeah. That we couldn't attribute to costume makeup. Or his other form of light weaving that he has. Right. The the more subtle ones. Yeah. Um, ultimately, design could be there or not. I, I don't think design is. 
personally, I would bet that she's still trapped. Um, and I think that will be a later Cosmere thing. I think that's a pretty specific, Fair. that's a pretty, it's so it's so enwrapped in the ghost blood story that if Hoyt had knowledge of that, then so would the ghost bloods, I think. Right. Right. That's they, fair. So, yeah. And I will see seeing Kelsier presented in a more positive light, but still having Marissi, Marissi, uh refuse joining the ghost bloods was, I thought she was going to join. I thought she was too. Um, I will say it kind of came as a surprise, though, in my opinion, a welcome one that she did not. It was it was nice that there was subversion after a lot of very straightforward plot device plot. The, the right. Sander Lands didn't feel as revealing. Um, it was a nice subversion, but I was looking forward to seeing her in the future. Even, right. Or... Or just having that knowledge that she's in the background somewhere doing something and then maybe, maybe not seeing her. Her powers were really cool. Um, alas. And it'll be interesting to see where things go. Because at this point, while we did get a very explicit, you know, introduction of the ghost bloods and some of what they can do and things like that. <sighs> Ugh. We obviously haven't seen everything. No. However, I will say that I like the fact that the Aeon door can be accessed from other planets. Yeah. yeah. Um, that was nice to have a very straightforward explanation of that or, or example of that. Yes. It seems so. I didn't think of this, but someone I saw someone mention it somewhere or, or specifically I also saw a meme. And it was uh, Cosmere fans um, screaming in horror when somebody was showing them uh, the Discord symbol, the app. Oh. Uh, the idea that Harmony could be changing into Discord. Right. I thought that was a really cool idea. Yeah. and it, Well, and it's interesting on that front because, like, it also speaks to what if Trell was affecting Harmony with whatever... Assuming the Trell was infected with something, which is why the metal turned out rusted and pitted and things like that. Right. Um, it'd be interesting to see that that's also what's happening to Harmony. That would be. Now, of course, the... <laughs> I, <laughs> I don't think that it was a mistake or very subtle for Sanderson to say, hey... When you split, when you split, um, harmonium, harmonium, and well, no, not harmonium. Oh, when you, well, yes, when you split harmonium into, uh, what is it? Lurassium. Lurassium and and adium. Adium, yeah. Uh, it was somewhat entertaining to me. I think because it was a very much a, a a real world equivalent for what might be going on with Skate Real as a whole. Sure. With with it becoming Discord and splitting into two again and so on and so forth. Like yeah. 
the third the third era is how do we kill a god? Right. Um, Which you know I wouldn't necessarily be against that plot line. Yeah. Uh, because that would actually harken back to the first one. Yep. Um, which, you know, they, they thought the Lord Ruler was a god. Yeah. And, you know, by all accounts, I can't blame them. He was a sliver of infinity. So, yeah, it would be definitely interesting to see that. I agree. Um, do you think that autonomy is going... Or not autonomy. Uh, harmony slash... Or no, just harmony. Uh, do you think that the that that combination is going to get a new owner? I would I would like to say no. Fair, because the the background idea for me was that like all the shards are going to get new vessels and. Hoyt is going to do some magic, and Adelnasium is going to come back. See, I don't think that the shards are going to get new... Uh, that was just my my little pet theory. Right. No, but I mean, like, I think it's important because at the... You know, there's... Well... Anyway, never mind. It's not important. Okay. Actually. Uh... But yeah, no, I think that it'd be interesting to see Harmony change into Discord. It would be. Um, and of course, that's the Ghost Bloods are concerned about that, though clearly what's affecting Harmony right now is at least thus far temporary. You're right. The blocking of Harmony's sight, I mean. You know, not allowing them to see it in the future. Yeah, that was that was a cool, believable bit. That was clever. Um, and I will say I actually liked that I liked the fact that you at least autonomy can if none of the other shards can interfere with the future sight of another shard bearer that does seem like something like any shard could do like take a little chunk of power throw it at another limit them in some capacity uh yes although uh Maybe strength of will might, or or intent or something might change how effective that is. Uh, yeah, there's, I mean, there's so many places it could go. The places it'll go, the things it'll see. What do you think Era 3 will be like based on the ending of Era 2? Um... We know it's going to be like 1980s spy thriller. Right. Right. Um, I'd like to think that it'll be another heist setup. Um, but I think I mean, also the uh, on that front, I think that the emotional element cards will be much more effective. Really? Yes. Even with aluminum-lined hats being so prevalent? Even with that, because I feel like people will have reasons to take them off. Like, oh, you walk into a building, you take off your hat. That's just what you do. Like, hmm. I'm not saying that would necessarily develop on Skadriel, but I will say that I think that there's enough 
Uh, I completely lost my thought process there. What was I talking about? Emotional elements. Right. Sorry. I think that there's enough of situations where your hat might be off and you could be at least minorly influenced by emotional allomancy for it to warrant a place as even possibly the main character of era three. Because mm. if it's going to be a spy thriller, then the more subtle arts are going to be, I think, taking prevalence. Could be. Uh, because with, with Wax and Wayne, we saw... We did, I mean, like, despite what I said earlier, we did see a martial application of these abilities. You know, Wayne could freeze time or speed... You know what I mean. Right. Create a speed bubble. Uh, Wax had his gun and his steel pushing. Right. Um, And I feel like... um, I feel like Era 3 might be a focus on much more of the subtle alimantic or ferrochemical arts. Could be. That said, question, and this is a little thing. Do you think Era 3 uh, protagonist is going to be a twin-born? At the rate we're going, he or she will be a quad-born, or they, will be a quad-born, and it'll be four different. Yep, that's the rate we're going. What four? What four would they be? Yes. Uh, one from each of the... They'd be... They'd have one one physical, oh. one emotional, one... Whatever the Major, other... Yeah. One... one uh, no. Um, I mean, I want to say that just by the process of how the genetics are working, that there's a real chance that at least one of the main characters will be more than just twin. Fair. Fair. Um, or... Spikes will be so prevalent. I just spy thriller like I think in terms of like large scale warfare or or Cold War. Right. Could be Cold War. I think could it's gonna be, be Cold War. Could be Cold War. Yeah, no, if it's set during the eighties, I think it's gonna be Cold War. Could be Cold War with the North and South playing with whatever continent is on the other side of Skateroll. Right. Um, which U.S. and Russia, yeah, yeah, basically that that I could see being interesting because in my head I was like, well, crawling through vents and rappelling down lines to steal jewels. I was like, well, that's not really spy so much as it is thriller, maybe. So okay, okay, Cold War would be one that is more. We get to see a lot of the culture of, you know, let's say some it's somebody from Ellendale or, or a team from Ellendale going to the south, infiltrating. We get to see a lot more of the culture. Um, something like that could be at least an initial. Yeah. It, and um, But you could also say spy thriller like Mission Impossible. Which, oh god, the new trailer for that newest one is just straight-up action movie. It's not even yeah, a spy thriller it's anymore. Not, yeah, so... I mean, I wouldn't mind something along the lines of... Uh, 
The first Daniel Craig James Bond. Quantum of Solace? No, that was the second one. Casino Royale. Casino Royale. Uh, I would definitely wouldn't mind something like that, where it's kind of equal parts action and intrigue. Yeah. Uh, I think that... It's probably where it's going. I think that that that, uh, movie in particular handled that balance really well. Uh, And I wouldn't mind seeing something like that. Yeah. Uh, Go ahead. Oh, I was going to say, I think it had a very good, plausible reason as to why the villain is interacting with large amounts of money. You know, it was a very believable thing. The card game aspect of it was kind of cool, even though they didn't show it that much. Only when James Bond got involved, which is the right way to do it, by the way, if you're going to have that be a major plot point in your movie. Don't have us watching them just play the game unless the protagonist is involved. That's fair. We could see um, we could see it revolve around the Bands of Mourning again. Because uh, now the South has it. Honestly, that doesn't really excite me, but if he does it well, um, I think the Bands of Mourning get, like, it's interesting, but it's just, if it's an all-powerful object, just... That's fair. Yeah. Yeah. What else have we got? Well, I mean, we did get the way Wayne died, which was... Yeah. Effectively freezing time with his bubble and then pushing the barrels out. Yeah. Um and it was I will freely admit the the explanation of a Duralumin uh enhanced speed bubble was really cool. Yeah. True. So, so question for you. Okay. So we know now that Wax very much likely has is a Mistborn. Okay. Because isn't that what Harmony said with the Lorassium that Wax? Freeze some of it in, or something like that, or dust, or something along those lines. I don't remember that. I thought at the end, when after Wayne died, when he's talking with Harmony, and Harmony is explaining that at that very last split that Wax did, he did manage to create some Lorassium. Right. Thought there was something about the fact of like it being breathed in through the air, or maybe I'm misremembering. Maybe I'm remembering something else. Maybe I, re- I remember him talking about how his conjure were able to scrape it off the walls, and then right. Cassier asked if there was any more, and says it lied. And I thought, because was Wax portraying some unusual abilities? And didn't Harmony say something about... Yeah, he was, wasn't he? Yeah. He breathed it in. Right, that's what I'm saying. Like, yeah. But he didn't... It was... It was like... um, Like coming down off of a high. It didn't give him the power. There wasn't enough to make him a full Mistborn. Okay. 
but he was able to experience some of the other. I'd have to reread it. Right. I don't know. So anyway, regardless, my point still kind of stands, which is he potentially is a misborn. Yeah. Still definitely a fairing. Uh And now he has hemolytic spikes, which as of the end of the book, we have not seen him take out. That's right. So it'll be interesting that we might have Wax, who is a, well, I guess we won't actually see him anymore because this was the last book. But it's interesting to see what the history say about that. It will be, and and it'll be interesting to see if we go from a society that has no Mistborn to society that is full of people that could burn gold, or could compound gold. Right. Because of spikes. Um, Yeah, really, there's a lot that, that Sanderson could do there, and I hope it's not too much too fast. Yeah. Yeah. I think uh, that's all I have to really say about it. I think so. As I said, I mean, I'm, re- I'm going to reiterate that I'm glad Marisy got her own storyline. Yeah. Um, I'm glad we did get an answer for the missing Alamancers. Yeah. Even if I wasn't wholly satisfied with how that played out. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I'm looking forward to, to what's coming next. And I think, honestly, potentially, um, Sanderson is setting up the uh, metal bomb uh, for era three yeah and the dangers they may face in that novel series yeah because it it, it's very very realistic to have it be cold war where you stockpile at bombs well and and they have that nation down south which i don't remember if that's even given a name but they have the flying ships and all yeah. that jazz. Yeah, so exactly. like so there there could really be Cold War uh or straight up war. Or straight yeah, straight or straight up, up war. war. And you and you still have the spy thriller bit. Uh, it'll be interesting to read. It'll be interesting to see where he takes it because yeah. I know where I would potentially take the protagonist's abilities. Which is, I think I would give them steel pulling. Okay. Because the unique thing about steel pulling versus... Or... Iron pulling? Iron pulling, sorry. Rather than steel pushing. Is that you can walk up walls with iron pulling. True. So long as those... So long as it's a metal structure or primarily metal. You can... And then just walk up. Which, for a spy, I think would be very useful. Right. Um, And then... Potentially one of the, uh, well, I suppose that at that point it would be one of the ferrochemical abilities. So I guess it wouldn't be emotional allomancy. I don't know. Yeah. We'll, we'll wait and see. We'll yeah. see in 2024. 20, 
or twenty no twenty twenty five. Yeah, because it's Secret Project, and then it's Roshar, or it's it's uh, Stormlight Archives five. Yep, and then Mistborn Earth three. Yeah. Speaking of Mistborn Era 5. Or not Mistborn. Stormlight Era 5. Stormlight Book 5. Good God. You tired? Yeah, apparently. Speaking of Stormlight Book 5, we do have the title. That's true. uh, Prototype title, at least. I mean, it's... He said it's probably yeah this, which is Knights of Truth. No, Knights of Wind and Truth. Knights of Wind and Truth. Yeah, which does bring the acronym or the uh, palindrome, palindrome yeah. of the titles back around again. That's right. Because the A can be cut out yeah. with the and, like yeah. most most of the time for most. Uh... Now that said, you'd also usually cut out the O in of yeah so uh, he was also saying you could cut out the the in way of kings um true true uh it, yeah he i mean he mentioned a bunch of that so um from the from the initial reaction to this um i thought it would i thought my my first thought was okay wind is kaladin and right Zeph, but specifically windrunners and then right. truth is truth watchers right um and I actually I agree with you. I think that's going to be there because because we specifically see in book four. I think it's book four. Yeah, I'm almost sure it's book four. Um, when Odium is presenting the di- his version of the diagram, which goes out so much farther than Teravangians. Right. But um, the part with Renarin is dark. Or he, not Renard. He's he's he yeah, he's showing the diagram back to Teravangian. Right. right. He's showing yeah, he's well he's showing that like Teravangian had this diagram and then he's showing his diagram, which oh, goes okay. so much further than Teravangian's does. Gotcha. Yeah, and then but the Renarin, the little Aryan with Renarin is is like dark. Where, right. where the rest of it is this golden like yeah. projection that's dark. So I'd like to Oh go ahead. Oh, well, I was just going to say, I definitely think that you are correct in so far as the truth in that is the fact that the Truth Watchers and Renarin possibly specifically is going to be a major part of, uh, well, okay, so. There's, I think, from from other people's ideas, the truth part is a triple entendre. Okay. Renarin. Right. Zeph is no longer truthless. True. True. Shalon speaks truth. True. It However, is, it is a really well written title. So here's fact. an interesting here's an interesting thing on that though, because when Odium is showing his diagram to Teravangian, yeah, and Teravangian's kind of in awe at how much further it goes than his diagram did and all that stuff. That was obviously before Teravangian meshed right. with Odium. That's true. So I'm kind of curious if that blind spot via Renarin is still applicable now that it is Teravodium and not old Odium. I bet it is, and I think it's an inherent... It's not an inherent... It's a built-in um, plot device uh, from Ja'anat, and we're, we're either going to see uh, Teravangian try to look at that spot and not be able to read it, right? Or we are going to see a complete forget 
that it's even there. It's even there. Um, and that'll be intentional. Far out theory, cultivation is going to be the ultimate enemy of the entire Cosmere. Okay. Well, if we look at it, cultivation set up od- Terra of Odium. True. Also potentially set up uh, Dalinar to be the new host of Honor. True. Which I still think that that's going to... That's why I think he can do the perpendicularity. Yeah. Uh, or maybe the fact that he can do the perpendicular- perpendicularity is going to allow him to allow him to become right. the, the new uh chicken honor yeah yeah regardless i feel that dalinar is set up to be the new honor which means yeah. that thus far as far as we know cultivation has set up the replacement of two shards odium specifically right. honor implicitly right which she has no reason to do thus far even even taking in the idea of cultivation and what cultivation, you know, what what the the shard of cultivation might impress you to do I mean it I would say change for growth or growth by change is right. cultivation, and that's her whole purpose. Right, but we're not going to necessarily say that Teravangian becoming Teravodium is growth by change. It is change, don't get me wrong. But, like, why did she feel that Teravodium was more change than just letting Odium's plans play out? Or better change, more preferable change, not even better, more preferable change. Could be. So, now, even if cultivation is not the enemy of the Cosmere as a whole, I think that cultivation is definitely playing out her own game. For sure. Um,. Yeah. But yeah. So I guess that I, I jumped the gun a little bit, but that's other Sanderson news. Yeah. Alright. Yeah. Uh a lot more stuff to know in the state of the Sanderson that is on YouTube or on his website. It's a nice little read. Not super super important. So you have a far out theory? Uh, no, after that discussion, I'm a bit brain dead. Fair. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I guess that was Lost Metal. I think it, let me say this. Ultimately, while there were parts of it that I wasn't necessarily wholly a fan of and parts of it that I did like a lot, I think it was a fitting end to the series. Yeah. Well, at least this, this chunk of the series. Sure. So. Yeah. And it was, it was, well, the Era 2 was well done given that it wasn't in his original plan. Right, yes. Uh, I agree, it absolutely was. I think that it was... And it was a good look... It was It was a good look into the Twinborn yeah. thing. 
and I liked the Twinborn thing. And, and I know that this is kind of silly, but the way my brain works is like, if I was going to run a game, I would let the characters be Twinborn. Right. So long as compounding was not right part of their thing. Um, because I feel like it offers a wide amount, or it doesn't offer a wide amount of abilities. It offers two abilities, specifically. Right. But well, it offers an interesting mixing of abilities. Yeah. And it gives the players options on what powers they want to manifest. That's true. Now, the resonance thing is a little bit more interesting. Yeah. And I would have difficulty with that because we know one resonance. Yeah. Uh, because the fact is, is that we don't actually see any resonance between uh, Wayne's bend alloy burning and gold storing. Right. Which I found interesting. That we know of. Yeah. Like, we didn't see any, or. Or if it, if it was shown, it wasn't explicit enough. Yeah. But, I mean, it's maybe even more interesting when combinations don't have resonances. Well, but that's the thing. They don't never have a resonance. They don't never have a resonance? They don't never have a... They always... Let me rephrase that. They always have a resonance. Oh, okay. A mixing of two powers always has a resonance. Okay. Which is why... We saw it with the Knights Radiant as well. Right. The fact that the Windrunners have more squires than anybody else. The fact that Renarin was able to project his future visions the way that he did. Um, sure. And there's a few others that I am not recalling, to be perfectly honest. But mm. uh, I think possibly the fact that... Uh, Shalon's illusions were able to have substance. That's true. Yeah. Uh, like all the mixing of two powers always causes a resonance. Wax's speed bubble was that resonance. Or not speed bubble, steel uh bubble. steel bubble was that resonance. Yeah. I um, I is it I mean, you have to be like well versed with the power. Which I'm not saying Wayne, not really. Wayne wouldn't be. No, the 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 Windrunners having more squires doesn't that's give true. a damn about it, what well, that's that's your true. competency with the power. But in Wax's case, was it not because he was more <sighs> I'm gonna say in tune with his steel pushing? No, I don't think so. I think it was because because the fact is that originally the okay, the the reason I think that comes from is that originally uh Sanderson had it part of the fact that um wax was going to be a steel savant right that's originally why he had the steel bubble in there right but then he realized that that doesn't didn't jive with the way that savants worked and so he changed it um but I don't I think the only reason that Wax had as good a use of his powers as he did was that it was working off the draft where Wax was a savant with steel pushing. Could be. We'll have to see what, what Sanderson shows we will. us. Yeah, and we'll have to see what Era 3 brings about. <sighs> Do we think Wax still has the spikes in? Probably. Okay. Probably dangerous to remove it. 
probably. That's interesting. I guess they weren't that thick, so maybe not as dangerous. Yeah. Anyway, I think that's it for the Lost Metal. Yeah. Um, go read it. Yes, go read it. You cause nerds. In a few days, we will start reading the first of the secret projects. Yep. And we will probably, the next few books at least, will be either reviews of the secret projects themselves, or we will include something about the uh, loot box we had gotten that month. That's right. So. Yeah. Indeed. Uh, until then, don't panic, world hoppers. Life before death, journey before... Nope. Strength before weakness, journey before destination. Just, just the actual saying. Yep. Yep. Okay. All right. Stop that. The music you hear is part three, The Spirit, from Zavadilla's The Music of Elantris, produced by B-Roll Records. Available now on Apple Music, Spotify, and most music providers. If you like what you hear and you want others to hear it as well, please leave a rate and review. It really helps us get more listeners.